Hello and welcome to the Cafe McConnect. As you can see, Chief Freitag is out of the office today, so I am here with uh, Chief Cody Rose, and uh, we're going to try to uh, get through a few items today, hopefully uh, keep it a little short on Chief Freitag. And uh, we'd like to start with first congratulating all the engineers, uh, all the firefighters that uh, took the engineer's test. Um, obviously, that is uh, a very stressful event. Anytime you take a test and you are being evaluated by your peers, I know I did not do very well on my engineer's test, and uh, my score reflected that. <laughs> but congratulations to everybody that uh, took the effort and went out there and took the test. I know the results. We're still waiting for the review process and grievance process to be completed, but that information will be coming out soon. So good job. With that, um, Cody, you have a few new hires um, in playing logistics. Would you like to introduce them? Yeah, so we have uh, one in fleet. So we have a new mechanic that's filling the spot for Brighton after Brighton left. And it's the uh, funny thing with that is it's B. Birch with an ARD at the end. So it's Ben Burchard, <laughs> but is the new uh, mechanic out there. He's came to her from the city of Prescott. He worked on their fleet and fire trucks there. And now he's working on ours. He's done a great job in his first week here. So congratulations to Ben. And then in prevention, we have. Three new folks, uh, the first one being Carrie Johnson, who was our third-party inspector from Shumscota, which is the private company that we were using for a little while. She decided she was going to come here full-time, so she tested for that position. We hired her, so she's an inspector three. And then we hired an inspector one, and um, his name is Kevin O'Neill. He came to us from Portland, Oregon. He was at Portland Fire, a firefighter there, worked his way up through the ranks and then was in prevention for the last two years in Portland. Um, and then the third one is um, – I just drew a blank on his name. It will come to me. Uh, Daryl. Daryl Turpak. He's from El Mirage Fire where he's <laughs> – Daryl, we – there's no, that's no reflection yeah. on you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Daryl Button. But um, – He's come to us from El Mirage Fire, and he was the fire marshal down there as well. So he starts on Monday. So a couple more days, and he'll be starting, and then we'll be back to our full staffing and prevention. No, that'll be good, and it's nice, uh, like I say, to get the prevention division built back up because I know there's been a lot of stress on you personally and yeah. just the division itself trying yeah. to work through those challenges. So that'll be good. Yeah. Um, the other part, I would like to just discuss a little bit, just an update on the strategic, strategic plan. I know we're still working through some of that stuff, done a lot of the sessions for the feedback. But before we get to that, um, let's just do a couple other planning and logistics updates. The first being new engines. I know you and several other individuals went back there to look at those. What's the update for those? Yeah, so myself, uh, Dominic, and Kyle Runo went back in the initial stages of the ordering those three new engines and went through – line by line in roughly 50 pages of every little thing on the engine. What do we want and what's going to fit our area? So we did that. And then uh, here recently, myself and Dominic and uh, Dave Wittenberg went back and did the final inspection on those three engines. And we found like two pages worth of things that need to be changed. Most of them were all minor. Um, those engines are actually on a truck and should be here to Phoenix at Hughes um, supply this week or next week. Uh, they'll do their check on it, and that's the dealership that we bought them through. Um, they'll do their check and clean them all up, get them ready for us, and then they'll be delivered here, hopefully by the end of the month. It's going to take a couple months to get those in service, so my hope is that June 1st, somewhere around that mm -hmm. time, thing, we can have them in service. They'll be going to uh, Station 51, Station 54, and Station 62, 
And then some of the thought process behind that was uh, with 54 and 62, they have fairly new engines that are there. But putting those at Station 57 and Station 63 so that those folks at those two stations aren't seeing new engines every two years come through there or new old engines come through every two years and – they're actually going to get some fairly nice newer engines that they can keep for a while and be consistent with the fleet out there. Oh, that'll be good. Um, also, just uh, to tie into, it's more of a plan of logistics, but I know we've been working on it through the operations side of it a little bit well, but the move-up module, uh, working with PRCC, mm-hmm. we've been working with PRCC on a number of uh, issues and challenges related to uh, ambulances and uh, just dispatching procedures and we're working through that. But I know one of the, the positive changes and we're partnering with Prescott Fire on this move is that move-up module that will help us take all the the call volume, the density, and try to look at our move-up policies to make updates and changes. And I know the city has uh, started this project. You can provide a little bit more on that if you'd like, but uh, we are actively moving towards that. Yeah, so the funding, uh, talking with Chief Dura from the city of Prescott Fire, he had the funding in this current budget year to pay for that. So he, he's starting it. He's going to get that started, and then we're, we're going to pay the back half of it, which would come after July 1st. So it, like you said, it's a partnership with the city. They'll pay for that first half to get the process started and work on that. And then once that second payment's due after July 1st, we'll make that payment. Good. That'll be cool. I know uh, Chief Schuster has uh, volunteered gladly. Thank you, Alan. <laughs> Um, to be part of this whole module, I know he's put a lot of effort into reviewing the policies, um, especially with the challenges that we see at 51, Station 51 specifically. And uh, so he's going to be helping with that, provide that operational level perspective. Um, and I'm sure he'll be relying on, uh, you know, the Station 51 crews to help make some of the decisions as we try to influence uh, the rollout of this as we move forward. Yeah. So still obviously a little ways out, but it's nice to see that there we were making progress in that area. And I think that it's going to make a difference. It's the stuff that we went through and being with Chief Dura using it again in the past. I think it's definitely going to make a difference. It's going to take a little bit of time to get that data into the system and, and when the move-up should be happening. Yeah. But I think once that's fully implemented, it'll make a difference from what we see today. When I like the fact that it's not just like trying to make a decision, um, you know, from – you know, my position or, you know, even Chief Freitag making a decision that, you know, what are we basing that on? I think the yeah. nice thing is this, we can input a lot of the information in there. So it's helping us make uh, informed decisions related to move ups. So it's not just like, ah, yeah, you can stop doing that yeah. or no, that's yeah. not important. Uh, we, I would love to see less move ups, but um, we just need to make sure we're being strategic in those move ups. Yep. Um, last one before we move on to the strategic plan, Opticom. Update on that. So Opticom, we have moved to GPS units. Some of the folks that are out in China are used to the strobe units that we had on Highway 89 signals out there. We are moving to GPS. They've been installed on all of the Type 1 engines that are first out. We're working on the reserve apparatuses now. And then the BC vehicles should both have them as well. So now it's getting installed on the lights. We have a partnership with the town of Prescott Valley that they are going to pay for the contractor to put them on all the lights that are town-owned. And then we're paying for them to be installed on the lights that are outside of that. So uh, before July 1st, uh, I just had a phone call with a guy from the company today. But before July 1st, we will have Highway 69 
and Highway 89 will be done. And then after July 1st is when the town's going to do it because it's in their, their budget for next fiscal year, which happens after July 1st. So in the next couple of months, we'll see that roll out. And once that starts getting activated, I'll make sure to touch base with those those folks that could be involved in that. And, and you'll start seeing that happen. But I'll, I'll let you know um, when that's going to be activated on those signals on 69 and 89. But no, I think that's all good progress and all helping. Uh, ensure the safety of our crews, but also the public as well, as we yeah. you're able to clear those intersections um, a little better. Um, all that uh, being said, uh, talk about the strategic plan a little bit. I know B shift. Um, I just kind of read through all their responses uh, this morning. I know they went through their process uh, yesterday, and uh, along with A and B shift, and most of the the staff. I think all, a lot of that's done for that feedback portion of it. And just to make sure everybody is clear, yes, we read all the comments. Um, yes, it is anonymous. Um, no, not all of it will probably make it into the strategic plan, but the goal is to take that feedback with Doug's help and make strategic initiatives. Um, you know, there was – I was joking with the crew at 53. There was one comment on how the process went, and it just said, this sucks. So <laughs> that probably won't make it into the strategic plan, but hopefully the important part is – the feedback, you know, portion of that. That was the internal feedback. We still have to do kind of that uh, the exter- external stakeholders, the community members, um, getting that feedback from the board members as well as we try to take all that feedback and uh, make strategic initiatives. It's hard to determine where we want to go if we don't know where we are. Yeah. And I think that was the important part of just getting that feedback, you know, from uh, some of the concern from wages and benefits to, um, you know, staffing at uh, stations, to scheduling, to paramedic shortages, recruitment and retention. You know, if you go back to a lot of strategic plans over the past few years, um, you know, a lot of that stuff is in there. I think, you know, hopefully we can take, you know, some of what we did this time um, with, you know, Doug's help, the the individual that's helping us, you know, facilitate all this and make uh, strategic initiatives that uh, end in results. I mean, that's, that's again, the, the goal of this. And I would encourage anybody that looked at that and uh, was discouraged by it or you thought uh, wasn't enough. Um, the, the intent is to take that information and make it something positive and whittle it down into um, initiatives that can be accomplished. And I think that'll be the end result. I think we're very, very good. And the, once we get that final goal uh, and set of goals, uh, the work begins. Yeah, so right. it's one thing to identify all these issues and uh, just you know lay them on the table. The next part and the challenging part is how do we make strategic initiatives to accomplish that? So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there was some good information that was provided on there Absolutely. that we've seen. I was, there's some other stuff that, like you said, isn't going to make the goals. But I think from operations and from planning logistics and non-ops um, – there's some there's some things that need to be done. There's some changes that need to be made, and I think folks in operations have to understand that some of that stuff in non ops needs to be done so that you could be successful in the field. And I'm, I'm just as guilty in that coming from operations and being on the engine for sure. 14 years and do going through all that. You don't really understand what folks in non ops are doing and planning logistics specifically. But being over here now for almost three years, uh, I can tell you there's a lot of things that they do that if, if that went away, it would be a huge nightmare for people on the engine and operations 
But we don't see it because it just flows so smoothly. There's no issues with it. And as long as it's going smooth, everything's great. But when things go away, it's not so much. So uh, I think there's some, there's going to be some good issues that come out of that for yeah. operations and for the support staff that yeah. will have some good things to move forward for the next couple of years. Yeah. And I think, like I say, it goes to both sides. And I know some of the stuff that was highlighted in there is, a, you know, a feeling of a disconnect between, you know, leadership and those, you know, on the engines doing the work. And I think that's important, um, you know, for us to look at, even as we had developed at the strategic goals and initiatives, that we are making sure we're communicating some of that work too. Because yeah. we don't always, I don't always know what's going on the floor level and nor do they know what's going on at, uh, you know, the senior leadership level or the senior yeah. staff level. Yeah. So it's just making sure that that information is, uh, you know, um, out there and available and find the right medium. This podcast may not be it, but we are doing a good job. We're going to keep, we said 10, it's not 10, but uh, Jonah, we're, we did, we do, we're doing better. Cody, with that, anything else to close out? 12 minutes. You 12, talked more than 12 I 12 minutes. Yeah, no. No, I think we're good. Thank you everybody for filling in on strategic plan. I think your information was very vital in getting that done. And some people had asked questions, do I have to do it? And uh, yeah, I think it's very, very beneficial to have everybody's input, regardless of what it was. It's beneficial to have that input. And now we can make those goals come out of that. But. Well, and you used to, I know for CYFD, we sat around the, the table for the strategic plan, the SWOT analysis, and we we talked about it as a crew. Captain would, you know, write it out. They'd get sent forward. And then it always felt like um, – you know, what we said got just scrapped out of there because they didn't like it. I will tell you, um, you may still feel that way, but it is not us, even as uh, CYFD, we're using Doug in as, you know, and his company to help us take that information and make it something positive, something that we can try to put specific results to and say, hey, we're going to try to accomplish this in the next three to four years. So that's the, that's the end goal. And uh, I guarantee you when we get there, there'll be still stuff to work on. Um, Closing out, supervisors meeting is next week. Um, it's kind of going to be more of a training um, exercise as well, trying to do more officer training. A lot of this stuff went away um, when we got went through COVID. And so it's trying to bring some of that stuff back from our, you know, physicals, VO2 testing, pack testing. I finally feel like we are on a good rhythm uh, with some of that stuff. And we need to do the same thing on the training side. And I know we're bringing a, a firefighter from Phoenix up to discuss mental health and wellness. Chief Durer is coming in to provide some information as well. And then we'll hit a few other topics, um, and that'll be next Tuesday. So with that, we're going to close out. Uh, for all those that chose to watch, we did keep it uh, under 15 minutes. And uh, Chief Ryatek will be back next week, and we'll keep trying to influence him. Have a great week. Have a great week.